Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What's better than this? Guys being dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast. Joe Marino, Kyle Krabs, Quincy Avery. We should have warned him about is the intro in, first. I got to bring the juice. We got Quincy Avery that right intro here. intro is aggressive. Listen, <laughs> aggressive like I like my quarterbacks. Uh-huh. Quincy, thanks for being here. Appreciate you guys having me on. Yeah, th- no, this is super exciting. And, and we've obviously been following you and your work for quite some time. And, and you got to hell of a resume so i'm interested to, to sit down and i guess quincy the first thing i'd like to do is ask you a little bit about your process you know when you first get your hands on a guy what's that how do you create that plan and pathway to develop a guy when that's so one size does not fit all yeah so the interesting thing about the draft process is that everybody's in such a unique space when they get in depending on what they learned in their college system, what they have going on in terms of their development, what they learned in high school. So we really try and take it to the ground level. Like how can we, the first thing that we teach like on the field before anything else is like, how can we teach them like NFL footwork? How can we get them going three-step game, five-step game, all those different things, and then start being able to diagnose uh, defenses uh, and then being able to explain their offense because more than anything else, when these guys get into these interviews, they want to know what did they know about their team. And then that's a large part of the work that we're really doing throughout this process. So, so Quincy, we know you're working with Malik Willis, my personal QB1 Malik Willis, very excited about what he brings to the table. And so just your initial impressions of working with him and, and uh, where he's at in this process. Yeah, the cool thing about Malik is that we've – had the opportunity to work with him for a long time. When I say we, I mean the quarterback takeover family. He started working with Sean McAvoy, who's one of our lead trainers at quarterback takeover, when he was in, like, ninth grade. Wow. So we've had him, like, throughout the process. We've seen so much of the maturation. We saw him from somebody who was – we saw him from somebody who was really, really raw, physical tools, physical gifts, and then he's just refined that over time. He went to Auburn, and I don't think enough people got to see – who he truly was, all the things that he can do on the field, went to Liberty, had to take a year off, bounced back, came out there, and then last year he absolutely dominated. I think we all saw the things that he could do. And then this past year, we still got to see a lot of the flashes. There were some hiccups. The schedule was a lot tougher based on the guys that he had around him. But I think we all saw enough to understand that he should be the first quarterback taken in the NFL draft. Well, and we have a lot of these conversations around quarterbacks and projecting them to the next level. And one of the consistent things that we've pretty regularly seen with guys when they're successful early on is they have something that they can hang their hat on. And I'd just like to hear your thoughts on that dynamic of making the jump from the college game to the pro game, any experiences that you've had with specific guys that you've worked with with what that thing is for them. And then for Malik, obviously, his dynamic athleticism and his his ability to really push the ball and and throw it with a lot of heat. I I agree with that 100%. You need, like, an undeniable trait for you to be taken in that first round. And I think that more than anybody else, Malik has not only one of those but a number of those. He's definitely the most athletic quarterback in this upcoming draft, right? So if he finds an opportunity or – 
teams do things to make him struggle in the passing game. There's things he can do in the run game that's going to make it very, very difficult for teams to stop him. Uh, we've had the opportunity to work with Jalen Hurts for some time, right? And he wasn't necessarily the most successful passer to start this year off, but there's so many things that he could do in the run game that made it really, really difficult for teams to start scheming against him. And then after you get the rhythm and you start understanding what's going on, then you can start to become a more successful passer. And I think that it's going to take time for Malik to develop as that, you know, prototype in the pocket passer, but that's okay because he can do so many other things, right? Those traits that he has. He's going to have the strongest arm in the draft. And I honestly believe he has the strongest arm that I've ever seen. And I've been around a lot of really, really talented quarterbacks. So he has the athleticism. He has the arm strength. And I think that he's only going to continue to develop as a passer. He's a really sharp guy. Uh, and I think that the way that you hear NFL teams talking about him after the interviews, you start to understand, like, oh, this guy's depth of knowledge is way more than we originally anticipated. So, so Quincy, what can you clear up for us in terms of misconceptions? Because we kind of chatted before we got on here about just a lot of wide-ranging opinions that are out there regarding Malik and, and quarterbacks in general. What is the thing out there that maybe you could clear up and say this is the biggest misconception right now about Malik Willis? You know, I, I saw some things that really questioned his accuracy, right? And that's because of completion percentage. But so much of their offense did not allow somebody to have a high completion percentage like things you see in other offenses. So unless you really dive into the tape and, like, see what's going on, I think that it's going to be harder for you to understand exactly who is he is as who he is as a quarterback, like, he can. He's as accurate as anybody else in this draft. Now, if he was given the same opportunities with guys who could run the routes at, at the same level as some of the other quarterbacks in this draft class, I think that his completion percentage would be a lot higher. If he's thrown a bunch of zone read bubbles, then he'd have a lot higher completion percentage. So much of the game is determined about the situations that you're in. So we're looking at stats. People are looking at things on paper, but that doesn't necessarily describe who he is as a quarterback. Quincy, I – wanted to come back to I have something to follow what you just said but I, I wanted to finish the thought that we had had talking about traits to hang your hat on that those undeniable traits and I think about the trends of the league that we're seeing that's really popular now to play a lot of two high safeties good luck playing two high safeties and that was versus Malik Willis is the the, the quarterback <laughs> run game with two high safeties and what Malik has shown he's competent and excelled at in the quarterback run game, what does that do and how does, how does that tightrope tight rope that teams are going to have to play against him do to, to allow him to maximize explosive plays on both the run game and as a passer? Yeah, so I feel like everybody who's listening to the Draft Network is very, very tuned in on exactly what's going on in the football game, so I'm not going to talk to them like they're not the sharpest people out there. So this two-high safety scheme, if they try and run that against Malik, he's going to be able to dominate them because they will not be able to get enough guys in the box when they're going their RPO stuff or they're going their quarterback run scheme stuff. Anything that they can do, they can add an extra runner, um, in terms of like, and he's going to be able to gash him. So they're going to have to bring another safety down in the box. And all those different things are going to allow him to be really, really explosive in the passing game. Because even when you bring that safety down in the box in the NFL, they know that you're going to have guys outside who are ex explosive enough to really hurt you. So Quincy, when you think about the scheme that Malik operated at, at Liberty, I think 
it's fair to say that they're it wasn't great yeah okay let's just be honest it wasn't great and but i'm not saying that to knock the coaching staff right. at liberty because i think that they were operating within the confines of what they have like they had to make it work but the scheme was not good but i'll let you continue but i just want to get that out there so you don't have to feel bad I saying appreciate it. It. i'm gonna say it for you and it's gonna land soft and i don't want Hugh freeze to think that i don't think he's a great coach because i think he's one of the best but he had to operate with what he had out there and, and he made it work quincy that goes to your point on situations yeah no you're good i, I was trying to soften the blow there you, you took care of it that goes to the point on in every unique situation you know it's not as simple as good result or bad result or good process and bad process there's limitations that every every coach is trying to work around Un undoubtedly you have um well all right the offensive line there it was it was they were not in a position where they had the guy the skill guys up front to be able to match up with some of the guys they were going against and they had to find ways to make things work and i think that they were successful in that way, being able to go win the games that they won because they were able to scheme it in a way. So I want to – I'm not, like, trying to take shots. They just – they were able to do what they were um, based on the scheme that was there and the, the talent that was there. So when you have teams that may, may not have the talent that other teams have, um, we can't look at just the numbers. You have to really cut on the tape and see the plays that were out there to be made and were they made or not, and that's what you can judge it on. Sorry for no, no, that's that's good. I think it's built up to kind of what I wanted to get to and, and ask you specifically for the practical application of that. What challenges does it present for you as a quarterback trainer to to take a guy that's functioned in that system and asked to do things that he was asked to do and and get him ready for everything that's ahead of him right now? So the challenge in that is you'll see plays where Malik is playing against maybe talent that's not as good as him, right? And Malik will decide like. I can make this work. And that is so amazing that somebody can understand who they're playing against, the play that play that needs to be made, and him saying, I'm going to make it, right? No matter what happens, they bring a blitz that we might not be able to protect it. It's all good, guys. I got this. We don't have to throw hot. I'm going to make this guy mm -hmm. miss, escape out of the pocket, and we're going to get a big throw. Getting him to understand that that's not going to be the game that's going to be played on Sundays, that is the biggest challenge. But I think that – and I'll, I'll talk about this all the time. Malik is so smart, like he understands it. Um, I, I didn't necessarily understand that he knew that when we first got together, but he knows it at a, a high level. And when he gets to the NFL, I think, I mean, it'll take learning curve because he hasn't had to do it, but he'll get the gist really quick and he'll be able to adapt and he'll be very successful. And he'll start seeing the completions and taking the completions, getting to the checkdowns, getting to the hots. And I think very early on, he'll be a really successful quarterback. I want to ask you the other side of that. What's the blessing that comes with that? You know, the situation and the environment. And, and what's been one thing about Malik and his game that the environment that he's been forged in the last two years at Liberty that's most set him up for success? <laughs> um, I'm trying to, to, to use my words wise, wisely. But he got to, you know, just – uh, well, excuse my language. He got to drop his nuts a little bit and make some shit happen, <laughs> right? And what I mean by that is like, maybe this play Be wasn't there. This wasn't there, but watch me make this shit shake. And he did that time and time again. And there's not other guys out there in this class that could necessarily have done that. And I think when you cut on the tape, like you have, you get to see him be like, that's, that's why he's my quarterback number one. Because 
there's things that nobody else in this class can do that he can that he does and he's going to continue to make those plays because he's that talented and he got an opportunity to test push those limits in real game situations and a lot of guys aren't afforded that opportunity so this has been an absolute pleasure We've really enjoyed it. Quincy, thank you for giving us some of your time here today to talk about your process. And, of course, Malik Willis, um, very grateful for your time. And on behalf of Kyle Krabs, I'm Joe Marino. Absolutely. Thanks so much for joining us. Appreciate you guys having me. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.